All right. Hello and welcome to the Weird Realities Podcast. I'm Hadley Thorne, author of the Tapestry of World series, and I'm happy to be here today with one of Weird Realities' newest team members, my friend, the amazing Jamie Hernandez. If you do not know Jamie, her debut novel, Urban Gridlock, was released in February and has since become Zombie Book of the Month, an Amazon bestseller, and has reached over 100 reviews on Amazon and is still climbing. And she's about to do it again. Urban Gridlock sequel, Suburban Jungle, is available for pre-order now and will be dropping on June 25th. Jamie's first, first off, welcome, and second off, how do you do it? Well, thanks, thanks for having me. Um, I'd say, you know, it's a combination of a lot of hard work, a bit of luck, and I have a really incredible fan base. They're just so supportive and inspiring. And I think that that really helps me with my writing. Well, you definitely got some some hardcore fans. I love to read your reviews. They I can tell they really they really like what you're putting out there and they like you. <clears throat> so as far as writing is concerned, what would you say that your favorite pastime is other than writing? Oh, other than writing? reading definitely <laughs> well I was going to say I don't know how you do it because you are one who you are you're always leaving comments and reviews for other writers which I think is amazing I just don't know how you find the time I know you've got a, a very healthy family life that you take care of a daughter who you homeschool and your husband and don't you have a teenage daughter as well uh, actually she's 20 and she's, she's at home now, she's working full-time, but she's going to school full-time in the fall. So where do you, how, where, when do you find the time to read? To read? I usually only get to read at night when I'm winding down to go to bed. <laughs> it's pretty much the only time I can do it. So it just depends how much I read, depends on how tired I am and, you know, how long of a day it's been. And if I've done a lot of writing that my mind's exhausted and I might not read much that night, but that's when I do most of it. it. It relaxes me. That's great. And do you find that reading other authors' works helps you hone your own? Um, I'd say, yeah, I think it helps you whether you're thinking about it or realizing it or not, because you're just the more you read the more you pick up on style of writing and um just when you come across excellent writing I think you just absorb all of that and and it does have an impact so what got you started writing was it just fan fiction or is it something you always wanted to do or what really got you to write that first book you know, I've always wanted to write a book, but I figured out what my problem was. And that was that I did not have the right topic and the right genre for myself. I tried different genres and nothing felt right. Nothing came together until I decided to write a zombie story. Because they say, write what you love and write what you know. And obviously knowing zombies from books and movies and, you know, in the media, that's what I love. So I thought about this story and these characters in my head for 
probably a good six months before I ever typed the first word. When I was almost done writing my book, I got the opportunity to write a short story for a fan fiction anthology. So the first time I was actually published was in that anthology. And at that point, I was nearly done writing my first book. And about three months afterwards, I believe, is when I published my first book. That is so amazing. And I know that your fan fiction book that you um, participated in was one of the Zombie Road books. Is that correct? Yes, Zombie Road uh, fan fiction collection. And how did you get selected to participate in that? Uh, being a, me- a member of David Simpson's fan club on Facebook, uh, he's one of my all-time favorite authors, top three of all time. And I actually, I believe I, I just discovered these fan clubs and zombie groups and things on Facebook last summer. So oh, wow. I left in at the right time. Yeah. And I, I just joined his fan club and uh, two or three months, maybe after I joined, he put a call out to do, he wanted to do another fan fiction collection because he had done one a couple of years ago and it was all for charity, short stories set in the zombie road world. And I couldn't believe that he was, you know, just putting this invitation out there for anyone who was interested could take a shot. And so I remember typing that message that I'd love to give it a try. And then I spent one weekend and wrote my whole story. Oh, wow. How many words was it? I believe it was about 2,500 or no. You know what? I'm not, I'm not sure. I, I don't remember this, but I think it was, I think we were allowed up to 4,000. I'm thinking I ended up around 2,500 to 3,000, but I, so much has happened between now and then, okay. but I don't know. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? I've slept since then. So, so what's the last book that you finished reading? Last book I finished reading was actually by a newer author, uh, Dexter Conrad's Escape from Guinea Island. It's the first book in his zombie apocalypse series. Oh. And it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Nice. And what are you currently reading? Right now I'm reading one of my top three favorite authors. Um, the book is called Fury. It's part of the Surviving the Zombie Apocalypse series by Sean Chesser. And it's the newest book in his series. Cool. So obviously both of these are zombie related. Oh yeah, both books are zombie books. So is that your favorite genre? Is that what you pretty much stick to reading? Absolutely. I read almost exclusively zombie books unless something comes out that strikes my interest, such as Scott Baker's ghost book series. I read the first one and I really enjoyed it. So I'm looking forward to reading the second one. Um, I read your first book, because I, I enjoy post-apocalyptic. It doesn't always have to be zombies. And I read your book and I was blown away by your writing style and just the, it's like larger than life. It's amazing. So there are some exceptions and that, that that's one. Again, if it does fall under post-apocalyptic, but I'd say I read mostly zombies, sometimes other post-apocalyptic and occasionally something different that's just caught my attention. Well, I'm going to give a spoiler, read the second book, and I can't wait to hear what you have to say about it. Oh, I'm excited to read it. I just wish I had more time to read. There's so many books I want to read, and your your book is on my Kindle right now. 
Um, I started it one day and then I got so busy with finishing things up for the edits for my book that I had to just put it down and couldn't read for a few days. And I plan to get back into it when I, after I get my book published and I finish this current read I'm on, because I really enjoyed the, the first chapter of it. Oh, so you've read the chapter. Cool. I'm yeah. not going to fangirl about it because I'm just happy when <laughs> you read it. All right. So what is the TV guide synopsis of your most recently completed project or whatever project you'd like to talk about? Sure. You know, that's something I've never been asked before. So I was thinking about it and I guess it's kind of a, a shorter version of what my book description would be. So I would say, can everyday people manage to do what the world cannot, which is survive, follow the daring adventures of Max and his family as they fight to stay alive in the zombie apocalypse? Okay, that's good. <clears throat> now, what is your book jacket version? Uh, my book jacket version is, I'll read it to you right from the, the blurb I have here. As hordes of the dead take over, can a small group of ordinary people find a way to survive? After suffering from a devastating loss, Max must find a way to rescue one of their own. With members of their group separated from one another and no way to communicate, everyone fears the worst. Every decision has life or death consequences. The fear of losing everything looms on the horizon. More challenges arise, making every task increasingly difficult. Surprises and horrors lurk around every corner of this suburban nightmare. Can Max and his group find what they're looking for before it's too late? I can't wait to dig into this. <laughs> Thank you. I love the first one. And I, I really like how you, you bring a family spin to the zombie apocalypse that we don't normally see. Um, you know, usually... In a, in a lot of the books, it's the, you know, the solo person who's, who's out fighting the zombies, or they have this mishmash of people that they've met along the way, but you don't have that many that focus on the bonds of family on the extreme like you do. And I think that's something that has been definitely been needed in the genre because I'm always looking for fresh new ideas and yours was a fresh take on it to me. And maybe I'm just not reading this, the right books, but that's what I just, I've never seen, I've seen like, it'll be like the, the dad and the child or the mom and a child, but never the whole package. And especially with extended family with the best friends. And it just, like I said, I like, I like a fresh approach. And I think yours is a voice that needed to be heard. Yeah, it's, I really the story idea kind of came to me thinking, you know, reading all these zombie stories and there's so many great ones out there and, you know, they might be military, they might be a group of people that came together or, you know, former like Delta operators, all different things. And I really enjoy all of them, but I wanted to write a story kind of the, uh, from the perspective of what if it was my family and the zombie apocalypse started. You know, we're just average ordinary people. We we don't have these special skills. And that was kind of, it's not about my family, but it was inspired by that kind of thinking. You know, if it was just, you know, your average everyday family, how are they going to get through this? Exactly. And that's something that I think is, 
it is a real look at it, you know, because and just from talking to people um, over the years, because I think I've told you I've had a zombie apocalypse plan since the 80s. Um, <laughs> when I saw my first zombie movie, I started thinking then, what, where would you go? What would you do? And so many people think that they're going to be these badass, you know, zombie killer machines. And the truth is, not, that's not necessarily the case, you know, especially if you're looking at taking care of other people. Exactly. I agree. Um, you know, you see a lot of movies and things where everybody's an expert headshot. And in reality, it, it wouldn't be anything like that. No. You know, um, in reality, it wouldn't, you know, it, it would take more practice and more time to get used to, you know, taking down zombies, whether you're using, you know, a weapon like that, or if you're using a knife or whatever it might be, it's going to be difficult. Definitely so, especially when you take into account the fast moving versus the slow, you know? Yes. The fast moving zombies, we're not going to have a chance. (laughs) Oh, exactly. Yeah. I mean, they're fun to read about, but to actually have to survive fast zombies, I don't know that that would be very possible. I don't think many of us would last long at all. No. Even, I mean, it could go south so bad, so fast, you know? I mean, I I think I was talking recently with someone and I was saying, you know, your first reaction when you see someone fall down um, and someone's beating them or trying to, you know, assault them in some way is going to be either to help or to, to turn to a police officer for help. You know, you're not going to think, oh my God, it's a zombie. That's not going to be your first reaction. Your first reaction is going to be that person needs help. What can I right. do? And that's how you get bit. Yeah. <laughs> I do think all of us, is, you know, major, like diehard zombie fans and writers, we'll have a little bit of a step up because we won't have that normalcy bias that most people would have because we're so obsessed with zombies we'd recognize it for what it is, I think a little bit faster than the average person would. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean we would all survive it, but we, I think we'd be a little more prepared. Yeah. Well, I don't know with my bad ankles. I just don't think I'd have a chance. So my, my chance is going to depend, be dependent on um, getting away from town, <laughs> getting away from people. Right. So I think that's, that's the key. Well, I don't know. What's, what do you think? What do you think is the key to surviving the zombie apocalypse? I think one key thing is already having a plan in place now and being prepared to execute that plan to the best of your ability, depending on how things were to unfold in real life. Uh, like we have a plan, we have a, a place to go, a means to get there. And what we think would be the ability to hole up if we have to, you know, for a short period of time before we could get to that place. Um, But I think the key is really, you know, you have to have a a safe, secure place to go. Obviously ways to feed yourselves and access to fresh water and a way to protect yourselves. Yeah. 
And I, I think that's another thing people, which there was an episode of The Walking Dead that focused on this was they had a flu outbreak at the prison when they were at the prison. Oh, I remember that. Yes. That was, that was a really good episode because nine times out of 10 was probably going to kill you in the zombie apocalypse. Other than the zombies, it's going to be mosquitoes or some kind type of um, sickness like the flu. And obviously now we have COVID. Um, that's another thing. I'm really interested to see what the next year or two of zombie apocalypse literature is going to look like. It, you know, are people going to start looking at incorporating COVID into it? And if they do, um, how do you think they will interpret the way the countries have handled the outbreak? Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see. I know I've seen a handful of books that have already come out addressing that. Um, I haven't read them yet, but I've seen I've seen them advertised and they looked they look intriguing. But I don't plan to address it myself in my books because I have a, a set story I already want to tell and I don't want, you know, yeah. I, already, I know where I'm going with it. So that's not going to become a part of it. But I think it'll be really interesting to see. I think some authors will, some more authors are going to include include that or be inspired by that to add something else in their book they might not have otherwise. I think you're right. I know, I think I told you that starting out, um, the, the first book I was going to write that never got written was dealing primarily with a pandemic situation. And I had researched all these different types of disease and, um, I have, a, I have a good friend who's uh, actually a um, infectious disease subject matter expert, PhD. And I talked with her about it and I was really looking at how measles, a measles outbreak spread so quickly. And I was, like I said, when, when all this started happening with COVID, I just kind of took a step back and said that's not the book I want to write anymore you know it's I do address that it's going on because my book's taking place in modern times but um it was it's not something I focus on but I am very interested to see how it's going to change the zombie apocalypse and for me primarily it's because of the way we have now seen the government handle a pandemic so right so what would you say has been the biggest obstacle you have overcome in regards to your writing I would say you touched on this briefly earlier but it would be finding a balance for everything just in my life overall since I'm a stay-at-home mom to a six-year-old and I homeschool her she takes she is the majority of my focus and most of most of my time every day is uh, focused on her. So trying to find a balance between my daughter and then of course spending time with my husband, my 20 year old and taking care of other responsibilities I have. I can't focus on writing to the degree that I might like to. Like I can't set aside a block of time every day and say this is when I'm going to write because when you have a six year old, those plans never work. So you know, it's, it's finding that balance to make sure, you know, that everything's working well together. And I usually am able to do most of my writing 
when my husband comes home from work, you know, he and my daughter will go play video games or hang out and I can spend a couple hours writing or I'll take a block of time on the weekend and write. So I'd say that's what it is, you know, basically balancing family life with writing. It's, it's a struggle. And um, like I said, I'm, as someone who is currently, you know, living alone, I will say that it's not any easier. You would think that it would be, but it's really not. Um, it's just, there's always something that kind of inter- seems to come up the last minute. So. Well, absolutely. Everybody has obligations and responsibilities. You know, it's, it just, it varies, you know, from person to person what they are, but we all have those things that keep us from spending as much time doing something else we might want to be doing, like writing. Yeah. Well, what would you say that your process is when you are writing? I mean, do you have an outline or are you more organic in how you write the story? I'm definitely more organic. I don't have an outline. I do have pages and pages of notes that I wrote up about all of my characters before I ever started writing my first book. And, you know, it just helped to really develop the characters in my mind before I started writing them. I basically, I know the bullet points of the story. I know how it's going to start. I know how it's going to end. And I know some key things that are going to happen along the way. But the rest of it, I just kind of let it flow. And I honestly have to say, it it seems to happen a lot with my characters, especially with the, the two young teenage boys, Joey and Damon. They have minds of their own. When I'm writing, you know, I'm writing and all of a sudden it's like, they're doing something else I hadn't planned on. But, and I just go with it. Like, this is working, this is great. I love what they're doing. The dialogue just flows. Um, you know, so I guess that that's basically my style. It's just, you know, I I have the bullet points. I know where the story's going, and just you know, getting from point A to B to C to D to the end. Well, I don't know whatever you're doing, lady, but it sure is working. I'm so excited to read your new book. Oh, thank um, you. Is there something that your readers might be surprised to find out about you? Um. I'm sure there is, you know, there's a lot of things I've already shared online that would probably be surprised, would be a surprise to readers. Uh, Something I don't think I have mentioned is I'm very adventurous in my regular life. I love to travel. Uh, Before I met my husband, I used to take a lot of vacations by myself and not just road trips, which I did those, but I would get on a plane and go to the Caribbean, the Bahamas, Jamaica, Dominican Republic by myself because I was like, I, I want to travel, even if I don't have a friend or someone to go with me, I wasn't going to stay home, you know, and I'd get there, I'd have a great time, I'd leave the resorts to go take, you know, snorkeling trips, go to local shops, even go to like local dance clubs and things. Um, I, I love to travel, I love adventure, and I'm usually up for just about anything. Well, that's good to know, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, I love it. I'm so happy that you were able to come on today and we were able to get this done. Um, I know that the crew at Weird Realities love you and they're going to love to learn more about you. And 
I can't wait to see what weird information that you're going to be sharing when you're, you get a break and get to come on and be on the panels and watch the films and, and take part in more of the segments that we have going on. Yeah, I'm very excited for that. Well, it's, like I said, I, I can't imagine the weird stuff that's going to come up because I have a feeling we're going to have a good time. So I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. So until next time, where can our listeners find you online? Uh, obviously, they can follow me on Amazon, but the best place to find me online is on Facebook in my fan club. It's just called the Jamie Hernandez Fan Club. I'm there every day. Uh, we have a lot of fun. There's just there's a lot of laughs. Uh, I'm there to interact with people, like I said, on a daily basis. So anybody looking for me can join my fan club and, you know, have some have some good fun there. And I'll be sure and put, post the links um, in the notes, show notes. And that's going to be it for this special segment of Weird Realities Podcast. Until next time, guys, y'all stay weird. <laughs>